Welcome to episode 41 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It's Tuesday, people. Tuesday, the 24th of September, 2000, 2019. And um, it's a bit of a shit one here today. Summer's over, as uh, John Wayne said in The Cowboys. Uh, proper, proper good film, by the way. Uh, I'll get to uh, cowboy films in a minute. But uh, if you've never watched uh, The Cowboys starring John Wayne, it is one of the best fucking films out there. Um, particularly if you like um, children being killed in cowboy films. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, started bleak. This episode already. Um, yeah, summer's over here. It is fucking lashing it, pissing it, shitting it, whatever in it down outside at the moment. There's a little, um, there's a little bit outside uh, Briggs Towers here that's sort of like cut out that allows all, all of the, um, all of the rainwater to go away because this place was built on floodplains, um, and uh, it filters all the rainwater away um, down um, like a little um, gully. Like, well, it's more than a, it's more than a gully, um, but uh, it's, it's like a fucking ditch. Imagine living in a first world war trench in front of you in front of your flat uh that's exactly what i do uh and that is like a fucking river at the minute um so it's been fucking raining hard like the last 24 hours here uh and summer is definitely over uh we had the last brief glimpse of summer last week and now that's over people over um but apart from that, it's all right. I've got to, uh, it is at the minute about 20 past three. I'm meant to be leaving at about four o'clock uh, to get to Swansea. Swansea, there's lovely. Uh, Swansea in Wales tonight. I know. Doing the proper UK this week. UK, England, Scotland, Wales. No Northern Ireland. Uh, Wales this week. So uh, tonight. So, um, I've got to get a bit of a fuck, fucking wriggle on, Sam. In it, you need to get a fucking wriggle on, Sam. I do, um, but I'm closing, headlining, closing, headlining, closing. Who knows what it's called these days? What the rules are? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm closing that gig. Headlining? I don't know. Closing uh, tonight, so I've got to be there. Um, hopefully, get there. It says three and a half hours, but it ain't gonna be three and a half hours because I'll be going straight through the fucking rush hour traffic. And, um, uh, yeah, so, uh, it's going to be an extra hour on that. It's going to be like at least four and a half, I think. And if I leave about four o'clock and get there about eight thirty, so, um, I'm fucking again, people again, up against it, as they say, um, because I had to have stitches out of my fucking neck. What are you doing this time, Ben? Uh, I had to have a lump chopped out of my neck the other week and um, had to have the fucking stitches out uh, today, uh, which uh, which was literally a two-second job. I could have fucking done it myself. Uh, but I didn't want to trust myself, so I got a nice scar on my neck. I look like uh, Frankenstein's monster after having the bolts fucking removed from his neck at the minute. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the cheeky fucker, when I had that done, right, the, uh, the, the woman, uh, the woman doctor, woman doctor, Ben, it's 2019, Ben, calm down. 
Uh, yeah, the female doctor, she looked female. She may not be female. She not, may not associate as a female, but um, she looked feminine. Uh, she uh, said, oh, it's all right. The scar will just naturally um, go in with your... Um, with the with the um, uh, wrinkles on your neck, so that was fucking <laughs> cheeky cunt. Uh, yeah, so that was nice. Uh, essentially, was she was saying I could have my face slashed up and uh, still um, look uh, pretty much the same as I do now. <laughs> we'll just stitch it into your fucking creases, ah uh, dear. So. Um, so yeah, that was that. Uh, somebody else said they said that to him as well. Somebody else had uh, some removed from the head and said it. Would, uh, it would. Uh, the doctor said exactly the same thing. I don't know whether that's a regular thing that doctors do now. You just go in there and they tell you you're fucking aging. <laughs> Maybe you get over forty and that's it. They just go look. They're just preparing you for later on when you're coming back with something age related that's horrendous. Um, so that was that last gigs, uh, last time I spoke to you was Saturday when I was just going to Letchworth, Letchworth Emporium, Letchworth Spa Town. Um, now I've been to Leamington Spa Town and Leamington is fucking beautiful. Uh, Letchworth is a very, a very different place to Leamington Spa. Um, it's a little bit rougher, people. It's like a spa town and somebody's pissed in the fucking spa. <laughs> somebody's just fucking urinated uh, into the spa as everybody else is there. But um, it was quite a nice little gig. I was closing that one. Close headlining. Closing. Uh, closing uh, that one uh, as well on Saturday night. There wasn't too many people there, but it was quite a lot of fun. That was for the Glass Eye Comedy Boys. Um that, I don't know why I'm saying that in an American accent, uh, and uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was basically sort of like a do no material gig and just try and fucking get away with it, and it was quite a good laugh actually, mainly made up by some geezer in the audience called Manko. Um, this is a geezer, right? He's like the local character of Letchworth, I think. He's like everybody knows him. Um, deep down, I imagine he's got some undealt with fucking trauma, uh, why he needs to um, be the way he is. But um, he was a fucking, I thought he was a bit of a prick when I first, you know, when you meet people for the first time and you think, oh, fucking hell, this geezer's a bit of a fucking prick. Um, but he turned out to be quite sweet and quite uh, quite a nice guy, to be honest. And I I, I actually quite liked him by the end of it. Um but he, uh, it was like a rockabilly fucking, I forget what he called himself, a rockabilly teddy boy. Um, with, there was something else thrown in there as well. He had a real niche sort of like market of music that he listened to. But he had the old uh, fucking uh, quiff hairstyle and fucking big, like, uh, big-soled shoes on and um, fucking that rockabilly look uh, from the fucking 60s. Is it 60s, 50s? 50s Teddy Boys, isn't it? 1950s Teddy Boys. So he had that. So he must have been about 60-odd, something like that. Tattoos all over his fucking hands like that. He had his own name tattooed, Manko. But that wasn't his actual real name. Uh, what he did, he took that from 
the spaghetti, the uh, Clint Eastwood spaghetti western films. The man with no name only had a name in one of the films. If you've never seen them films, by the way, I was talking about this on Saturday. You're a fucking joycoff. Um, you you need to, they're three of the best fucking films you'll ever see. Um, Fistful of Dollars is quite good. It's quite a good film. For a few dollars more, as one of the best lines at the end of a film ever, um, where they're all, uh, where Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef have just wiped everybody out. And Clint Eastwood is, um, Clint Eastwood is going, going around counting up the bounty. And as he's counting up, he's going 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 8,000. 10,000, counting up all the bounties. You see, like, one of the guys, like, just sneaking around his back. And Lee Van Cleef is just, um... It is Lee, Lee Van Cleef, isn't it? Fucking hell. Yeah, fucking hell. It's Lee Van Cleef, yeah. Um, what am I thinking? Uh, yeah. And he's, as he's adding off, like, Lee Van Cleef is, like, riding off into the distance because they've been working together and he's said, look, Clint Eastwood's character can, um, keep all the bounty. And somebody's sneaking up behind him and he's just... And you think the guy's just about to shoot uh, Clint Eastwood in the back, and Clint Eastwood just whips round and shoots him. And then v- uh, Lee Van Cleef says, uh, "Everything all right, boy?" And uh, Clint Eastwood comes back with the uh, classic line, "Yeah, old man, I thought I had a problem with my adding." Ah, oh, it's such a fucking good line, man. Ah, oh, it's a great line. It's worth watching the whole film just for that fucking line. Um, and then obviously the good, the bad and the ugly is the, uh, the part, the last part of that trilogy. Well, it's, they're not, they're not related, uh, the different parts, but, um, uh, which has got one of the fucking best endings ever in, um, in out of any film I've ever seen. Uh, it's just the fucking tenseness of that scene at the end when the, the three of them are standing there, like in the circle and, um, the camera's just switching from their eyes to their guns um, to, and it gets closer and closer and closer into their eyes and the fucking music is going and uh, it's fucking brilliant. Uh, absolutely fucking brilliant. Uh, but uh, yeah, so anyway, that is that. So anyway, I was talking about that on... Um, uh, sorry, I just had some tea there. Uh, I was talking about that on Saturday, and nobody seemed to know the, the fucking uh, reference of those three films, which is uh, fucking, you know, I don't know. It's the fucking youth of today, isn't it? They're just like, fucking, I'll just watch stuff on YouTube instead of watching these fucking... I'll watch somebody on YouTube fucking wank off or just, like, um, wank off about how many fucking pairs of fucking trainers they've got or how much money they've got uh, or unwrap some Lego. I'll do that instead of uh, watch uh, a film that has been culturally important for the last 40 or 50 years. I don't know. I don't know what I, what what you young people are doing out there today. I don't know when you could be <laughs> when you could be watching people dressed up as cowboys uh, having a fake gunfight uh, full cinema, you're watching people unwrapping Lego. I don't know. But it's a fucking good series of films, and I thoroughly, thoroughly was disappointed 
with uh, a few young people in the audience who hadn't even seen it. And the only person who had, obviously, was Manco because he was fucking named himself after the films, which was a bit weird. Um, but um, so I sort of like bonded with him a little bit over that and then got back and uh, listened to the new Liam Gallagher album on vinyl whilst having a few beers. That was my that was my plan for the entire evening to do that. And I succeeded in it. This week is going to be no easier than last week. Last week was a bit of a fucking slog, to be honest. Going, as I said before, fucking going up to fucking Barrow in Furnace just nailed me. Just fucked me up completely. Uh, and this week, I'm in Swansea, Nottingham. Northampton, home gig at the Barrett's Snooker Club. Uh, and then Bolton and then Hurst, wherever the fuck that is. I know I've done it before ages ago because it's uh, uh, one of my mates Frankie's gigs. Who booked me for it for a couple of years ago, and um, it went. I remember the what, the first time I ever did it must have been about five or six years ago, and I was fucking around, and Frankie was comparing, and um, he built. I, I don't know. He built me up as fucking. Uh, um, oh, he's one of my really good mates, and uh, he's really great. You're really gonna love him, and walked on it, but he kept saying the mates thing. He's really good mates. He's a really good friend of mine and and that. And I remember as I was walking up going, ah, oh, just fucking deny all knowledge of it. Like, just uh, ignore the fact that you know him and stuff like that. So I did that and I said, I don't even know Frankie, to be honest. I don't know why he's going. I did it for a laugh and it fucking just died because Frankie had done such a good job, like, comparing it. Just fucking... <laughs> and I started, like, fucking... About fucking six feet under, and I had to like fucking slowly crawl my way out of the fucking grave I'd fucking dug for myself in the first fucking line of starting. It goes like that sometimes. It goes like that. You think, oh, this would be a funny fucking opener or whatever. And uh, no, <laughs> that was not the case that night. Oh dear. Um, so, um, yeah, so some things like, oh, fucking, I still get haunted about that. I'm still haunted a little bit. There's fucking loads of, I hate, right, this is one of the things that uh, that people do a lot of. Uh, in in UK stand-up, anyway, in UK stand-up, what they'll do, they'll have a fucking bad gig, and then they'll quote Sarah Millican's law. Now, Sarah Millican, if you don't know people from abroad, uh, people in the UK should do. She is quite a famous comedian. Uh, quite a big comedian in the UK, um, famous-wise, you know what I mean. And um, she apparently has a law um, that she abides by, which is by 11 o'clock the next morning after a gig, you either fucking... You forget about the gig, whether it was a good gig or a bad gig, you forget about the gig and you move on to the next gig, right? Seems good, right? That works for her. But it's when other people quote, hey, man, I live by Sarah, Sarah Millican's law. I forget everything by 11. Really? Do you? Do you fucking live by that law, do you? Because I'm still haunted by gigs I did seven years ago. <laughs> I still wake up some mornings or I'll be walking around going, oh, fuck. There's a fucking cold shiver going down my fucking spine. And I just think, oh, fucking hell, Liverpool, I remember that fucker. Oh, still with me. It's part of my DNA now. 
That's it. But these people who fucking, I don't know how they can do it. How they, they must be a sociopath. I, obviously, I'm not calling Sarah Millican a sociopath. But people who just fucking shut off. I live by Millicans. It's like people who quote famous people, isn't it? And then somehow they think it'll be like, you know, some of that gold dust will rub off on them. Isn't it? They, they'll, they'll use a quote that, that, that fucking, I don't know, Marilyn Monroe's used or something like that. If you, I, don't, I don't even know if that quote was her, was it? That um, if you can't handle me up my, bit, uh, my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. That's what fucking every, every, every woman I've uh, seen who has a fucking attitude problem post, <laughs> post that fucker up. Every woman... Uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. I don't want you at your best, sweetheart. You're a cunt. <laughs> you sound like a fucking utter cunt to me, you fucking self-obsessed bitch. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. Uh, but there's loads of women who post that up. There's loads of blokes who post up fucking stuff by, um, you know, other other people, don't they? just to get away with fucking bad behaviour, isn't it? I don't know. If you if you can't cope with me when I'm spiking your drink, Bill Cosby, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't deserve me when I'm telling jokes. That was his philosophy. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so they come across it, but I am still fucking, you know, it's people who have, I don't know, done about three gigs and then suddenly they're like, ah, I'll just apply Millican's rule to this. No, no, you, you you don't need to forget about that gig. You need to learn from that gig. That's what you need to do. That's what you, you can reach a certain stage, I think, and you you know what you're doing. But if you're a fucking deluded fuck who doesn't know what the fuck, how to fucking write a joke and then just 11 o'clock, ah, 10.59, oh, only 60 more seconds left of this biting pain until it's gone. <laughs> I don't know how people do that. Just switch off. Oh, man. I'd be sitting there at 11 o'clock in the morning counting down going 10, 9, 8 seconds of this fucking shame. 7, 6, 5. Four seconds left of this biting, horrendous pain I've got. Two, one. Oh, no, it's not gone. It's still there. Oh. <laughs> it's still there. You lied to me, Milliken. I believed in your law and you lied to me. Uh, but, yeah, I still fucking... <laughs> I still fucking... Oh, there's just a shudder every now and again where I think, oh, God, that was that was a fucking painful experience. I remember doing um, a gig fucking, uh, it must be about four or five years ago, and it was organised, and I was the only comedian booked on, I think, which was which was awful anyway. But she she pitched it as like, I think it was good money. But she said, you've got half an hour to do, everybody will be sitting down, and um, don't worry, I'll get them all um, sat down for you. And uh, we'll sort it all out and you just go on, you do your 30 minutes and that's it. And I was like, okay, that sounds all right. We'll do this. I got there and it was in a fucking massive dance hall that must have been 
um, the size, width weighs, it was about the size of a basketball court. So it must have been like you imagine basketball courts next to each other. It must have been about four basketball courts, five basketball courts long and a basketball court wide. So it was a fucking big old space. I got there and they're all like swingers, not in the fucking way, not in the, hey, this is my wife, take a go on her, baby. Uh, But the sort of, you know, like the old 60s fucking throwing each other, doing twirls and all that sort of shit. Uh, they were they were doing all that sort of shit. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I get there, and the the woman who's running it is a lovely woman, and uh, she hands me a radio mic, and I was like, okay, this could be tough. She said, "There's the stage up there," and um, then she made an announcement, and people were fucking. They were they were going for it, people. They were going for it, swinging each other around like. You know, through the legs, fucking, you know, it's like dirty fucking dancing for fucking OAPs. <laughs> I carried a Zimmer frame. Um, yeah, so uh, it was it was like dirty dancing for OAPs, and they were fucking loving it. Then suddenly the music just goes zip and just stops. Everybody stops and looks, and they make an announcement and say, okay, everyone, stop enjoying yourselves. Never a good sign. Is it? Uh, stop enjoying yourselves. The comedian's here. Finally here. <laughs> I didn't realise I was fucking late. Uh, the comedian's finally here. Please welcome to the stage, Ben Briggs. That was my intro. Ah, so not only have I stopped them having their fun, I have apparently turned up late to stop their fun because I couldn't be fucked to get there. <laughs> and... So I emerge, and uh, and now I've gonna got to make these people laugh. Who I've stopped their fun. I've turned up late, and uh, now I've got to make these people laugh. It was a fucking tough order, and so I go out behind the curtain, and uh, they're all seated down. And you think this is going to be fucking great? Well, they're all seated. That's the main thing. But what they've done, they've put seats around the outside of the hall and a couple of tables. There must have been about like 150 people there, but it didn't, it looked like there was about 20 because the hall was that fucking big. But they've sat them all, not in one area together, not anything like that, but just all around the hall. Uh, So I'm at one end of the hall on the stage with a fucking radio mic. So I decided to just jump off the stage and then just fucking looked for the youngest people in there and just concentrated on them because you just couldn't play. <laughs> it was like literally like tennis. You'd have to go from one side to the other side to the other side like that. So I just played to one fucking select group who weren't fucking gurning at me. <laughs> I did about 18 minutes and came off and I was booked for half an hour. And the woman said... Uh, did you do uh 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 did you do your 30 minutes and i went uh yeah i <laughs> i just answered oh fucking hell, i remember that i just answered and um and i said yeah i thought the time went quick too <laughs> and i'd done fucking 18 minutes and just wanted to get out of there Oh, dear. It was fucking painful. But she paid me. I managed to convince her I did that half an hour. 
she paid me and I fucked off. But Jesus, even every now and again, every now and again, that'll come back and I'll just, oh, fuck, I remember that feeling. I remember that feeling of being so close to those people and getting nothing and then having a load of people behind me who were just staring at my back. And <laughs> I could just feel their fucking eyes uh, in my back. Uh, so that was that. <laughs> yeah. So that that ain't going to be something I was going to forget at 11 o'clock the next day. Um <laughs> Even today, five, six years later, even telling the story, I'm actually visually sweating. My palms have got fucking sweaty. <laughs> like, like fucking Eminem just fucking talking about that story. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, what have I uh, what have I seen on the internet this week after that fucking horrendous... Jesus Christ, I'm still fucking sweating after telling that story. What time is it? Quarter to four, fucking hell, Benny boy. We ought to get a bit of a move on. What time are we on? 24, 24. Okay, uh, yeah, one of the things I saw this week is a new account that's opened up on Twitter. Uh, it's called Fesshole, right? It's like at Fesshole, which uh, I initially looked at it and I was like, oh, this seems quite an interesting thing, where people are basically using Fesshole it says, to get some very dark confessions off their chest. So people, like, submit a form of, like, horrible things that they've done or anything like that. And um, and then it's it's just posted up by this by the account Fesshole. But some of them are quite funny. Uh, uh, like, uh, oh, no, that's horrendous. Uh, like, one of these uh, was just like, uh, I had a monster no- night out and I had a massive hangover over the next morning. Rather than calling in sick, I told work that someone had tried to mug me and I was shaken up a bit, uh, so couldn't come in. I have no idea why I lied. Yeah, we've all done that. We've all fucking lied, like, in the past to get fucking time off work and shit like that, haven't uh, Or just, like, you're hungover. But I saw <laughs> one of these. is I got curious and stuck a carrot at my ass, as you would. Ah, not in Sainsbury's, you wouldn't want to do that. Or Tesco's, would you? Uh, I got curious. Oh, I wonder what that carrot would feel like up my ass. Ah, it's up my ass. It feels like a carrot up my ass. Ah, oh, put that back. Uh, then panicked and thought my parents would notice the missing carrot. Like you would. Like you would. So returned it to the cupboard. We ate it for dinner that night. Um, yeah, Some of these, right, I started reading through some of these and I was just like, some of these are just bullshit, man. And I don't know, it's just one of these bullshit, it just seems now like I'm just reading a bullshit account. Look, I was still, look this, is a, this is one on a time-old traditional story that has done the rounds in pubs and everything. Um, this was submitted on today, 10.25am apparently. I was still living at home at the time and I had a massive anal sex session, a massive... <laughs> Surely you just have anal sex, not a massive anal sex session with my girlfriend on the front room sofa while my parents wear out. It should be wear out. Uh, She shat a little bit on the sofa. Uh, As always happens, never do that if they've got one in the chamber, people. Always make sure that you check the chamber is clear. Um... She shat a little bit on the sofa and it left a stain. When questioned by my parents, I blamed the dog and they couldn't... Uh, and that's as far as the first tweet goes, 
right? But this is like a this is this is the old thing. There was there was a story that did the rounds when I was like fucking drinking in pubs and that, and it was like somebody fucked somebody on the sofa. They shout all over the sofa, blamed it on the dog, and then the parents had the dog put down. That's fucking. This is this is just like urban myth central. So I got really excited when I looked at this. I was like, ah, oh, this could be quite interesting. But most of it is either about shitting in a shower. Shit, there's a lot of shit and piss. I once shat in the Parmesan bin at Pizza Land whilst covering another branch's Christmas party. If you had a dicky tum over the Christmas period in the early 90s after a shit Christmas do at Pizza Land, it was definitely shitter than you imagine. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure they're going to, you know, you put that Parmesan on there, don't you? And then, oh, look, there's a shit in there. So all these stories are fucking... Uh, I get poo stuck up my fingernail. Somebody's put that. There's a lot of shit. It's just like, there's a lot of shit. Basically bullshit. (laughs) I once bought a a box of fruit gums, uh, ate them, filled the empty box with gravel, then went back to the shop and cried till I got another box. This was in the early 80s. Okay, let it go. Let Let it go. I don't know. I know this is like, like meant to be a confession like the the equivalent of confessional without the fucking touching of uh, children's private parts. <laughs> maybe this is maybe this is the fucking future for the Catholic Church. Just do confession online like this. This could be it. It'd save them a fucking fortune in uh, in uh, lawsuits in the future. <laughs> fucking future uh, my goldfish wasn't quite dead but i didn't want to deal with the dead body so i flushed him down the loo anyway brutal uh sometimes i can't be bothered to use loo roll and i just wash my ass in the sink but then you've got to clean this fucking hell it just seems like people are just writing into this thing like what is the most horrendous thing i can make up and then i'll send it and these people and that and i'm reporting on it as well i'm part of this problem <laughs> I've just realised it's fucking complete bullshit. Uh, right, okay. Uh, let's let's get on to this story. Right, woman sparks apartment fire by burning love letters. A woman scorned makes trouble. Who'd have ever thought that fucker? Uh, police in Lingen, Nebraska, said the woman left some of the burnt letters on the floor before taking a nap. She she was a bit tired. When she woke up, the carpet was on fire. No shit. Police in Lincoln say 19-year-old woman sparked an apartment fire Monday by burning love letters uh, for her ex in her bedroom. That's what they do. That's what you do, ladies, isn't it? (laughs) Why not just rip them up? Put them in the recycling. No, they need to be burned immediately. She then went on to another room to take a nap. Of course you would. Why would you put out the fire? Oh, I'm a lady. I can get away with that. That fire is not going to get out of control. Not as much as I am anyway. Uh, <laughs> police say she woke a short time later to find the carpet on fire. Uh, firefighters were able to extinguish, extinguish the fire in minutes. <laughs> that sums up fucking women. There, right there. I know it's sexist. To say that, hey man, not all women start fires. No, but you would if you could get away with it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Uh, what time are we on? 31 minutes, people. I better get a wiggle on. 
Uh, that was episode 41 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I will be back on Saturday with the new shit, baby, with the new shit. Didn't have time today. Uh, you can like, subscribe, and uh, review on uh, Apple, Podbean, and SoundCloud, and various others. Um, have a good week, people. Uh, I've got a busy one this week, so I will uh, be back with you on Saturday. Until then, have a great week, motherfuckers. Take care.